Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Have you ever been on a longer journey, for example, a road trip or maybe a backpacking trip across some part of the world? I presume if your luck is anything like mine, then you probably had some setbacks along the way of your perfectly planned journey. Maybe you had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere, and even the spare turned out to be flat. Maybe you were robbed. Maybe you missed a bus, a train, or airplane. And of course, if you have been so blessed to have had completely perfect journeys, then I feel pretty certain that at least one of your best laid plans in life has suffered a setback at some time because that's just a certain fact of living in this fallen world. So I want you to remember back to something like that, which you've experienced, and think about how you reacted to that setback for a moment. Now, I'm not talking about the immediate reaction. I'm sure that was some form of anger, frustration, sadness, fear, or a mix of all those and more. Now, what I'm asking you to recall is what happened next, after that initial reaction. How did you make the best of that bad situation? How did you make lemons, uh, lemonade out of lemons? And do you, do you look back on that adversity maybe with some sense of personal pride in the way that you solved and overcame it? Do you have a sense of what allowed you to turn something negative into something positive? Well, now we're midway through the third week of Lent, about a third of our way on our journey to Pascha, to Easter, and the resurrection of our Lord. So how is your Lenten journey going? Are you keeping the fast? Did you make some commitments to increase your prayer and charity? And have you succeeded in keeping those commitments? Or instead, like the journey you thought about above, have you encountered a setback? Have you already gotten maybe back up and started on that journey again, on that Lenten journey again? And even if you've not yet had a setback, it's safe to assume maybe you will. But if you have just gotten back up and started again, that's noble in itself. But have you been able to assess why you had the trouble and build a better foundation or direction as you restarted that path? In today's gospel, our Lord gives us a very important piece of advice that we can use to be the most successful when we experience a setback in Lent or moreover in life. In the gospel, we know that those who are questioning the Lord today are the Pharisees. We know this not from today's account, but from St. Matthew's parallel telling of this event. And we know, not just from this passage, but many other passages, that Jesus' major beef with the Pharisees was that they were doing all the right things externally, but that they were spiritually empty inside. And this is the same risk that we face during Lent. Lent calls us to external action, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And even though the Lord asks us not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing when we give alms, charity is pretty obviously an act external to us. Prayer involves communicating to another outside of ourselves to God, who is not only not us, but in every way not anything like anything else in the world. And likely least obvious would be fasting, which I doubt feels very external when your stomach is rumbling, and which again our Lord tells us to keep a secret, and the holy men and women of the church tell us to keep our eyes on our own plates. But it is, again, at the very interface of our being 
with that of the rest of the world. Much like prayer, but in this case, um, the physical rather than the spiritual world. And moreover, each of these is an action of emptying ourselves in some way. We empty ourselves of certain pleasures of food and perhaps in other ways by the direction we've taken in our past. We empty ourselves of our cares and concerns through prayer. We empty our souls by opening them up, warts and all, to the Lord in prayer. And we empty our hearts and pockets through charity. Through this emptying, we achieve a greater emptying, releasing and pushing out the unclean spirit within us, as happened in today's gospel. Yet we hear the risk of emptying ourselves from the Lord himself. Because when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto the house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So although Lent is to be a time of spiritual growth, it's also a time of spiritual vulnerability. And that's okay if we're prepared for it. We all recognize that we must be vulnerable in order to grow. We recognize that we must be empty of the wrong things to be filled with the good. But the key question is for us, what are we doing to be filled up with the right things during Lent? If we're not doing the right things in that department, then when we fail to live up to our best actions during Lent, it's possible that instead of returning to square one, we'll end up somewhere below where we started. The good news is that the work of Lent done well not only cleans the house, but fills it with the right things. In fasting, we live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And in that way, I hope you indeed took the advice also to increase your spiritual reading during Lent so that you would be feeding yourself with those words from the mouth of God. In prayer, we invite God to speak to us. But if you're only praying by the words you're saying, I ask you to take five minutes and wherever you pray, sit in silence and listen to the Lord. Set a timer, because otherwise you won't be able to know. You'll, you'll stop too early, I'm sure. And if anything else comes to your mind from the world, what you're planning to eat for dinner, your cares from home or work, just push it back out and return to the silence of your mind and body and listen very carefully for that small, still voice of God speaking to you. You may not hear him every time you do this, but if you don't practice this, it's unlikely you'll ever hear him. Because without that emptiness, this noisy world can make it hard for us to hear and see God. And charity fills us with God if done in the right spirit. For whatever we do to the least, we do to Jesus. But the most critical aspect of how we will succeed in our work is that we must be open to that filling up with good. We cannot be like the Pharisees, who are just doing the works, but are not open to that internal filling up. Indeed, in Matthew and Mark's telling of the same event, Jesus concludes his discussion of the house divided with the chilling words, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. 
Scary stuff. So what is this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and why is it unforgivable? Well, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is obstinance. The obstinance of the Pharisees to doubt what they are seeing is coming from God. To be open to God's work in them and around them, despite all the emptying they had truly done through those external works, despite all their success at the hard work that they were doing following the burdensome external commandments, they were still closed to the entry of God. And why is that unforgivable? Well, if you're not open to God, God can't convert you. God can't save you until you open up to him again, until you're willing to believe that God is indeed capable of saving you, that sin is unforgivable. It doesn't mean that if you've ever been in a place where you weren't open to God, that you aren't now forgiven, but that you couldn't be forgiven until you became open to God's grace so that you could. And that's the very sin the Pharisees are committing. They're empty in a really good way. They're faithful in ways that provide a worthy vessel for God to fill. But because of their doubt and their obstinance, they are unwilling for the Holy Spirit to come into their hearts and fill them and are instead going to be filled with evil spirits worse than the ones they had vanquished through their good efforts. On Friday evening, we celebrated the Feast of the Annunciation, the announcement of the angel that, uh, from the angel Gabriel that Mary would bear the Son of God. But God did not make Mary bear the Son of God. Rather, she consented, be it unto me according to thy will, she said. And her consent was critical. God has given us free will because God is loved by nature. And in us becoming deified through the process of theosis, we must become more love-like. And love requires free will. Forced love, some sort of mind control, isn't love. It's slavery. We know through the tradition of the church that Mary was dedicated to the temple at a young age. She had spent her life in nearness and service to God before the angel Gabriel visited her that day. She had emptied herself, but as the scriptures say, she was full of grace because she had been open to receiving the Holy Spirit. And now through all that emptying, she was able to fill herself literally with God himself in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in contrast to those closed-minded and closed-hearted Pharisees, we see the Blessed Virgin praised in our gospel passage today by our Lord. The woman from the crowd cries out, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paths which thou hast sucked. But Jesus said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And regardless of whether that yea, rather is seen as a contrast or instead as it's better translated, yes, but, or yes, and, um, it's a blessing from Jesus to his mother because his mother heard the word of God and kept it. Hearing and keeping the word of God is the antithesis of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is the openness to conversion that we must have if we keep our emptying, if we are to keep our emptying from being an opportunity for seven worse spirits to fill us. So to summarize and close, Lent is about emptying ourselves so that God can fill us. And if we've not succeeded in the external tasks of Lent, we need to ask ourselves, is it because we're not filling ourselves with God as we do it? Or worse, is it because we're too prideful to let God fill the emptiness that we are creating? If we're not or are unwilling to be filled with God, then it should be little wonder that instead of progress, Lent will bring us to ruin. 
If you aren't succeeding in overcoming your spiritual challenges during the Lenten season or some other time in your life, you need to be sure that you aren't just going through the motions. You need to, but you can't just be coming to church, following the fast, praying your daily prayers, and giving generously. Yes, all those things will clean up your home. But if the only one with the key to the house are those folks you tried to kick out, then they'll be back with their even naughtier friends. So instead, have you changed the lock and given the new key to Christ? Or are you a Pharisee? who after all the good you've done have failed to complete the most important step of opening the door to Christ. I hope instead that you're the Blessed Virgin Mary who did all that hard work and was willing and ready to be filled with God when the time was right. I pray you see and are open to the work of God in you and around you. I pray that you're doing the emptying works of Lent to make room for a new and better spirit within you. I pray that if things have already seemingly gone off the rails this Lent, that you'll reassess whether the problem was not with your ability to do the important acts of emptying, but instead with who you're willing to let back into your house and who you aren't. So open your home to the heart. Open the home of your heart to the Holy Spirit and thereby put on Christ to those around you as we continue our Lenten journey together. Amen talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.